Good morning, everyone, or good afternoon, I guess it is now, and thanks for joining us here today. There is a lot of work to do to fulfill the mandate Albertans have given us, to grow our economy, keep life affordable, keep our streets safe, and ensure our health and education systems are the best in the world. Today, I'm proud to present Albertans with a cabinet of talented, diverse, and experienced leaders in business, their communities, and political life. Uh, who will share with me the responsibility to fulfill this mandate. It is especially gratifying to introduce a cabinet that represents all Albertans in all of our diversity. Mickey Amory returns to cabinet as Alberta's justice minister. This is an historic appointment as it is the first time Alberta has a justice minister of the Muslim faith. As an accomplished lawyer and a strong advocate for his community, Minister Amory is fully deserving of his appointment, which also shows all Albertans and those from around the world the openness and inclusiveness that we've built in this province together. It's also my pleasure to introduce Nate Horner as Alberta's Minister of Finance and President of Treasury Board. As you're aware, Minister Horner's family political roots run very deep in our province and include a Canadian senator, members of parliament, a federal cabinet minister, provincial cabinet ministers and deputy premiers and a provincial finance minister. Minister Horner will provide the stability and steady hand we're looking for while managing our province's finance. I'm also pleased to have such strong and diverse women serving in such critical cabinet portfolios as heads of some of our government's most important departments. Rebecca Schultz returns to cabinet this time with the responsibility of continuing to build Alberta's reputation and success as Minister of Environment and Protected Areas. Adriana Lagrange is the new Minister of Health. She'll be tasked with building on the success of the Healthcare Action Plan and continue working with nurses, doctors, paramedics, and other health professionals to innovate and to improve. Rajan Sani will remain in Cabinet as Minister of Advanced Education with the additional duties for skilled trades and professions, including uh, ensuring that we keep our economy growing with skilled workers for Alberta's new and existing industries. It's a pleasure to welcome Tanya Furr back to Cabinet as Minister of Arts, Culture and Status of Women to continue making life better for Alberta families and communities and build a future for our children and grandchildren that we can be proud of. As And as Premier, I will be retaining the portfolio of intergovernmental affairs, where I will continue building coalitions with other provinces and be a tireless advocate for Alberta's interests. I'm also delighted to welcome a new member, Scott Sinclair, who is a slave-like businessman who brings his Indigenous heritage to his new role as the chair of our Public Safety and Wellness Cabinet Policy Committee. These highly competent individuals, alongside the rest of their Cabinet colleagues, Together, we'll form a government that will listen to all voices and represent all Albertans. We will serve Indigenous communities, multicultural, multilingual communities, and Albertans from all walks of life. And I invite all Albertans to work with us. Share your concerns and suggestions, positive and negative, that help us to make a better Alberta for all of us. Albertans are caring and resilient. We all love this beautiful province. We are proud of our diversity. We want the best for our families and our future. The cabinet just sworn in will work with all Albertans to do what is right and best and to realize Alberta's potential over the next four years. Thank you. And now Sam is going to help to moderate questions. So we'll head into the media Q&A now. We'll try and keep it quick since we're all out in the heat today. (laughs) A reminder for reporters, we'll be going with one question and one follow-up. Please state your name and outlet when you go to the mic. We'll start off on the floor and then head on to the phones. And then if we have time, we'll go back to the floor. And I'll now invite our first reporter at the mic to uh, ask the question. Hi, it's Janet French from the CBC. Hopefully you can hear me. Um, For the Premier, are you bringing Casey Madu and Larry 
Kalmeyer back in as staffers with this government? And if so, what roles are they going to serve in and why? Casey Madu, no. Larry Kalmeyer, yes. He'll be Deputy Minister of Energy. Okay. See? Short and sweet. Uh, Okay. Uh, For both the Premier and the new Education Minister, Mr. Nicolaides, New Brunswick's government has adopted a new policy that teachers and staff don't have to use a student's preferred name and pronouns without their parents' consent. What do you think of this policy and how likely are you to consider some sort of similar initiative in Alberta? This is at what level? The uh, New Brunswick provincial level. And it's uh, K to 12 or it's uh, K to 12. Yeah. You know what? I'll I'll, uh, consult with my cabinet on that. And once they've gotten briefing on their roles, I'll I'll make sure that our education minister, Demetrius Nicolaitis, gets back to you. But I would ask that you just give them a few days to get a a briefing in their materials. Thank you, Janet. We'll now go to the next question at the mic. Hi, Graham Thompson. Uh, can you hear me okay? I sure can. In the start, okay. Um, question to you, Premier, about the committee of the defeated MLAs in Edmonton. You're thinking of doing that committee to represent, or at least give you advice from Edmonton. Do you understand how Edmontonians might see that as a slap in the face to their democratic decision to elect only NDP um, MLAs? Look, we have uh, three excellent cabinet ministers from the Edmonton area, Cyril Turton, Dale Nally, and Nate Glubish. They're going to be spearheading my uh, outreach into Edmonton. We also have great relationships with Tim Cartmel and Sarah Hamilton, who are on our task force. And we're going to continue consulting with um, uh, Mayor Sohi, who has written me letters and who uh, often makes sure that I know his priorities. In addition, we have a number of staffers who live and work in Edmonton. I've got lots of opportunity to hear from Edmontonians about Edmontonians' priorities. And so I feel very confident that we're going to be able to make decisions for all Albertans. Thank you. And speaking of hot, sunny weather, uh, you made a comment this week, or didn't really make a comment this week on uh, Ryan Jesperson's show. He, re- he was asking you about the wildfires and how climate change is playing a part in that. that the experts are telling us the uh, climate change is going to drive bigger, nastier fire seasons, of course, across the, sea, across the country. You talked about an investigation into arson. But do you accept that climate change is driving the more, uh, the larger wildfire seasons, not just here, but across the country? Well, look, I I think we have to make sure that people understand that human activity causes the vast majority of our wildfires. If we've had 609 wildfires this year, 350 of them so far have been determined to be human caused, 104 caused by lightning, 155 are still under investigation. We make sure that every fire that we do not know the cause of, that we bring in forensic investigators to be able to examine that. We have forensic fire investigators on staff at Alberta Wildfires. And through our national agency, the Canadian Interagency Forest Fire Association, we've made an additional request for forest fire investigators along with other labor resources. And this request has been met. We want to make sure that we understand the cause of all fires. And we want to make sure that people understand that when conditions are dry and we're not getting rain, that they have to be very careful when they're out, when they're throwing cigarettes out the window, when they're having campfires. And that is, uh, I think, the overriding message that people need to understand is that most wildfires are caused by human behavior. That being said, we put forward just before the election our Alberta Emissions Reduction and Energy Development Plan. Uh, I've already spoken to the Prime Minister about how we may work together to achieve carbon neutrality targets by 2050. My my overriding concern is that the federal government does not come in with legislation that is going to hamstring our economy. There are two pieces of legislation I'm very concerned about that they've talked about. They've talked about bringing in a 42% emissions cap 
on our oil and natural gas industry by 2030. That is unachievable. They have talked about bringing in a net zero power grid by 2035. That is equally unachievable. And so those are the things that are my priority right now, is that we want to work together on addressing issues of emissions reduction, but we have to do it in a way that allows us to to, uh, to use innovation and technology and have enough time to be able to implement it. Uh, we take it very seriously in this province, and we're going to continue to. Thank you, Graham. And now we'll go to the next question on the mic. Safe Kaiser Global News. Good afternoon, Premier. Uh, wondering, Adriana Lagrange, who has a an anti-abortion past here, she, uh, she's been the president of Red Deer Pro Life, currently a board member of Alberta Pro Life. There's already reaction people upset, wondering how she'll represent them, like you vowed to represent all Albertans when you won on election night. Everyone knows my position on the issue of choice. And my position hasn't changed, nor is the position of our government. Everyone also knows that Adriana Lagrange is one of our most competent ministers. She's done a tremendous job in education. We have an enormous task ahead of us in healthcare to implement our agenda. Everyone also knows what our agenda is in healthcare: is to make sure everyone has a family doctor or primary care practitioner, is to expand our continuing care system, and is to make sure we continue to make progress on EMS response time, on hospital wait times, and on surgical wait times. Those are the things that uh, she will be focused on, and those are the things that our government will do. Uh, so are you here committing right now you will not be changing any abortion laws? We will not be changing any laws regarding a woman's right to choose. Thanks. Safe. And now we'll head over to the next question at the mic. Hi, Audrey Nevere, Radio-Canada. Um, either question for the new education minister, Dimitrios Nikolaios, or to you, Premier. Um, there's been thousands more students who have joined uh, Alberta in the last few years, especially in Calgary and Edmonton. So what's your plan to help the school boards meet that growing demand? Well, I think one of the things we have to remember is that from 2014 until very recently, we were seeing people leave our province. We had 39 consecutive months where people left our province. And because of the policies that we implemented, people are excited to move here again. And people are, are moving here not only with investment dollars and creating new jobs, but also families with children. And we're going to keep up with that growth. We had already announced in the previous term 106 new schools and modernizations in our most recent budget, 50, 57 new schools and modernizations. And as the demand increases, we're going to, to keep up with that growth. Uh, we, we have a, a historic level of spending in education. We are providing supports for complexity in the classrooms, for transportation grants for mental health. Uh, education remains one of the top priorities of government. We're going to end up keeping up with it. And we've seen your list of new cabinet ministers. We haven't seen if you have parliamentary secretary. So I want to know if you will have one for francophonie, because last time you ended up cutting that job and giving it to culture like it was before. But there's been a lot of people that are not happy with that in the francophone community to feel like they have been not listen to that way. So what's your, will you have that job? And if not, what's your plan to have a proper channel of communication with the Francophone community in well, Alberta? I, I think I've got two ministers who are bilingual, uh, Nate Globish and Dan Williams. Yeah. So I've got two cabinet ministers who are bilingual, and so we'll make sure that um, that bilingual services continue to be, to uh, or bilingual requests continue to be met. And we will have parliamentary secretaries, but I just need a little bit more time to consult with my cabinet ministers on what their needs are. Parliamentary secretaries offer a support to a minister in their area of, uh, and, and often have a very defined purpose, but I, I don't want to prejudge what that's going to be. I want to consult with my ministers first. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you, Audrey. And next question at the mic. Hi, thanks for taking my question. It's Lisa Johnson from the Edmonton Journal. Um, back on May 18th, uh, Alberta's Ethics Commissioner determined that you 
interfered uh, premier in the justice system in a way that she called uh, a threat to democracy. Um, she mentioned that there was not suggesting sanctions until the fall when the legislative session comes back, but she did recommend that MLAs be trained on the structure of Canadian governments. Are you going to accept this recommendation and train your cabinet ministers and, and MLAs or put them through a training course of some kind? Yes, and I've asked my justice minister, Mickey Amory, to also give um, advice and counsel on one of the other big issues, which is uh, since the justice minister has a dual role as my chief legal advisor and chief legal advisor to my government, as well as attorney general, I've asked for him to give some guidance on how I may consult with him on matters in the public interest. And so I'm looking forward to that memo and I'll make it public when it's available. Sure. And I'm curious to know what if any sanctions you might accept from the ethics commissioner when they come down. But I also have another question regarding the fiscal picture. Uh, Your first bill you've promised to bring in, uh, Bill 1, will make it that you have to take it to a public referendum before raising taxes. And we know that in February's budget, uh, West Texas Intermediate was was projected at $79 a barrel, as you know. Um, Some economists that we talked to say that $75 a barrel is needed to balance this morning, it was hovering around 71. Um, so I'm just wondering in the in the hypothetical here, if and when the province slips into deficit territory, um, what and and say hypothetically you have a referendum on on raising taxes in Alberta and say no, we don't want to do that. What is the first thing that you will cut? What what will be cut from Alberta's budget? Will it be infrastructure spending, doctor salaries, the 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 physician pay agreement, teacher schools, what, what is the first thing that will go? Well, first of all, I don't think it's up to me to determine what sanction might or might not be coming. Secondly, Bill 1 is uh, going to be, as promised, a, a bill that would make it uh, subject to referendum if tax rates were changed for personal or corporate income taxes, along with a, a sales tax. Number three, I'd say that the dem- we've, we've demonstrated that you can reduce tax rates and increase revenues. And that's exactly what happened. We brought the tax rate from 12% down to 8%, and we have historic high uh, corporate tax revenues. I think that it's a misnomer to think that you automatically get more tax revenue by increasing the rates. Sometimes you scare investment away. And if you scare investment away, you get less corporate tax revenue. If fewer people want to live here, you get personal income tax revenue. So I feel very confident that we'll be able to to, to stay true to that promise, and that's why we'll, we'll implement it. Uh, Nate Horner, as our um, Minister of Finance and Treasury Board, the... <laughs> may have seen that I said a little word or two to to each of my ministers as I swore them in. I said to Minister Horner, now let's balance this budget this year. That's what we're going to do. We're going to balance the budget, and I will um, have him look at the numbers, look at the different revenue sources, monitor what's happening with the oil prices, monitor what's happening with our business tax revenue, see what's happening with the change in the currency, the change in the interest rates, the number of people coming in, the increase in income taxes we expect from that. And he'll make recommendations to uh, to our to our caucus and cabinet. So we uh, we are committed to making sure we just put in the fiscal framework. We're committed to making sure we have a balanced budget this year. Thanks, Lisa. And we'll take one more question from the floor here. Hi, Premier Jeremy Thompson with CTV News Edmonton. Uh, just uh, further to this, all this sort of talk about the wildfire situation and, and the arson and stuff. Just a, a yes or no from me. Do, do you believe in the science of human-caused climate change? Well, y- yes. We, we have to reduce emissions. That is one of the commitments we've made as a government, and it's one of the commitments that I've made to the Prime Minister, that we will work with him on getting to carbon neutrality by 2050. The concern I have is that the Prime Minister has indicated that he wants to move much faster 
on two initiatives that would not allow us to achieve our goal and would hamstring our economy and devastate the lives and livelihoods of families here. And so I will work collaboratively with the federal government on the uh, objective that they have set. And I've put out uh, a hand of, of uh, goodwill to ask him to work with us on that. And I'm, I'm hoping that that happens. I just uh, why uh, you know, a little side note here, why maintain sort of this size of cabinet uh, today? You know, some criticism coming from the Taxpayers Federation about, you know, the cost of, you know, minister salaries for taxpayers uh, when maintaining such a large cabinet. I have a very ambitious agenda and we have a lot of work to do for Albertans. And what I have found in the previous uh structure of, of cabinet, having a minister focused on a particular area has been very effective at moving our agenda forward. We got an awful lot accomplished in the last seven months, and I don't want to wait um, and delay in putting our agenda in place. So we, um, I've reduced the cabinet by two. I've refocused it around a couple of new areas. You'll see that arts and culture is a new priority for us. I heard loud and clear from our arts communities in both Calgary and Edmonton that would, they would like a specific focus. You will notice that tourism and sport is also a specific area of focus. And uh, and you'll see that each of the ministries, it's pretty clear now when you want to make an entry into, into government, especially from a jobs and economy point of view, where you're going to go. If you're in forestry, you go to forestry. If you're in technology, you go to technology. We've got energy and minerals as well. So I feel very confident that I've got the right people at the table. And it's wonderful to have so much talent that was elected along with me. And uh, we're just uh, we're just going to do all of uh, we're going to do our agenda. And we're going to do what's best for Albertans. Thanks, Jeremy. And we have time for one more question here. We're going to go to the phones. Uh, operator, could you please put through the caller? Josh Aldridge, Calgary Herald. Uh, hi, thanks for taking the question. Uh, Premier, uh, in the past, in this election, you lost several Calgary-based cabinet ministers. How did you go about piecing together this cabinet, especially when looking at ministers from Calgary and the types of roles that they will play in your government going forward? Well, I have nine cabinet members, members from Calgary. I've got three from the Edmonton area. I've got three from Northern Alberta. I've got five from Central Alberta, and I've got five from Southern Alberta. I think the the benefit of having elected a government that has representation in every region of the province is that every region of the province is going to have a voice at the cabinet table. So people in Calgary should feel very delighted that we've got such a, a large bench of very talented cabinet ministers there to represent their interests. Right. Uh, and if I could ask Rick McIver a question about his return to cabinet in the municipalities uh, portfolio. Much has been made about the rural and urban divide and the lack of UCP representation in Edmonton specifically. Uh, your, your portfolio will have perhaps more hands-on bridging between those gaps than any other portfolio, just to the nature of the portfolio. Could you talk about your turn to the portfolio and your approach to those challenges? You know what? I um, I would love for you to just give my, my cabinet ministers the weekend to get briefed. I think they're going to be fully briefed up by Tuesday. Uh, perhaps uh, that particular minister doesn't need much much briefing. He's very aware of municipal issues. We've already received word from several um, uh, individuals that they're happy to see him return to the role. I'm excited to have him return to the role. And there's a there's a number of things that we need to balance. The large cities, the mid-sized cities, our rural municipalities. And I, I know that uh, Minister McIver is up to the job. Thank you. And that'll conclude today, today's media availability. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. And a reminder to our ministers to head inside for a photo. Thank you.